Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariya on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhina istafa. Khususan ala sayyidi rusuli wa khatamil anbiya wa ala alihi al-askiya wa ashabihi al-atqiya amma ba'd. Every week when we gather to discuss a story of a Sahabi of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we are blessed with the honor and opportunity to peek into the life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam through the eyes of another noble human being. There's a new window we get to look through, a new angle to look at, a new perspective, a new story to be told. And each Sahabi had their unique story to tell. Each of the companions cherished those special moments they had with Rasulullah Sometimes when they would sit together, they would say that this was my unique moment with the Prophet of Allah. And then another person would say, this was my special moment with Rasulullah What was amazing about the Prophet of Allah was he had the ability to make every person feel special when he interacted with them. Every person that the Rasul interacted with, in that moment, they felt they were the closest to him. This is the love Nabi would give, the attention he would give. He didn't look at people from the corner of his eyes. When the Prophet ﷺ would speak to someone, he would turn his entire attention to that person. When the Prophet ﷺ would greet someone, it wasn't a weak greeting. There was a whole beautiful experience that occurred right from the handshake of Nabi ﷺ. As Abdullah ibn Mas'ud says in the hadith of Bukhari, my one hand was in between the two hands of Rasulullah ﷺ. To the Prophet's beautiful smile, an talqa akhaka biwajhin taliq, biwajhin talqin. To Nabi being the one that would initiate the salam, where the Sahabi says that there was never a time that I met Rasulullah. But Nabi was the first to greet me. To every time they saw and they met Rasulullah. Him smiling at them while greeting them. Rasul 
being genuinely interested in who they were. The famous narration of Amr bin As he was appointed by Rasulullah as the lead of a particular battalion that was being sent out. He felt so special because he had just accepted Islam recently, a few months back, and now Nabi was appointing him as a leader upon a group of Muslims, many of whom had accepted Islam before him, he felt really special. And every interaction he had with Rasulullah since he became Muslim, bearing in mind, Amr bin As was one of the main people that caused the harm that was caused to the Muslims in the Battle of Uhud. He played a very big role in the harm that was inflicted on the Muslims in the Battle of Uhud from behalf of the Quraysh. And now that he's Muslim, he's saying every interaction with the Prophet of Allah is so special. He's so sincere that today he's appointing me as a leader. So then he asked the Prophet of Allah, O Messenger of Allah, who is the most beloved to you? He was convinced it was going to be his name. And at that point, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Aisha radiallahu anha. So all those interactions of all the people who spoke about his smile and spoke of his beauty and spoke of his compassion and all the people who spoke of his gentleness and all the people who spoke about Rasulullah's knowledge and his worship and his family affairs. Today, I wanted to look through the window of the eyes of Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha radiallahu anha. When Amr bin As asked, who is the most beloved to you? He said, Aisha, thumma abuha, then her father. Aisha radiallahu anha was blessed because she grew up in a family of legends. Everyone around her was legendary. Her brother and sister were involved in the hijrah, in the hijrah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Her father was one of the first to accept Islam. Umm Ruman radiallahu anha was also one of the early to accept Islam. In her own words, she says that I don't have any memory prior to Islam. I don't have any memory in my life in which my parents weren't Muslim and I wasn't already Muslim. And she sees how her prophet, Rasul alayhi salatu salam, and her father, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq engaged with one another. How the Prophet wasallam not only interacted with her father as a companion, but her father was a confidant of Rasulullah So many narrations. Over 2,000 of them to select from to be more precise. Aisha radiallahu anha, she says in one narration that it was the afternoon hours and Rasulullah came to our house. It was a time that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam generally wouldn't visit us. It was unique. During those afternoon hours, people would rest, they would go to their families, spend their own time together. And it was during that very special family time that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam arrived to our house. And he said to my father that I need to speak to you privately. Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu said, O Messenger of Allah, the only people here are family. And Aisha radiallahu anhu was one of those people. You could speak in front of them. At that point, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said to Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu that I have, been granted, I have been granted permission to migrate 
from Mecca to Medina. Abu Bakr Siddiq only has one statement on repeat. As-suhba ya Rasulullah, as-suhba ya Rasulullah. Tag me and let's do this together. I want your companionship. Rasul said to him, that's actually why I came here. You and I are going to do this together. Sa'isha is observing these two giants speaking to one another. And she says, in that moment, my father, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq started crying. And this was the first time in my life I witnessed tears of joy. I had no idea what they were before that. What did they even look like? But that was the most sincere expression of tears of joy because Abu Bakr Siddiq was blessed with one of the greatest honors in the history of Islam and which was to be very soon referenced in the Quran with the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She sees from a young age how much her father is willing to put on the line for the Prophet. She sees his sacrifice. She understands that there was a day that her father was wealthy, and today all of that wealth is gone because he spent it on Rasulullah. She's seen the beginning of her father and everything her father has gone through for Rasul So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honors her with one of the greatest honors a woman can ever receive, marriage to Rasulullah being under the care of the Prophet she then continues that legacy of her father. Where in her own words she says that being the wife of the Prophet of Allah wasn't easy. Two months at a time would pass by and the stove would not be turned on in our house. And the only thing we would, be, we would consume, water and dates. This Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha witnesses with her eyes the sacrifices of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa She sees with her eyes that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is in front of her and he says, Jibreel alayhi salam just came and he said that you have a choice to live a life of uh, patience or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open the doors of luxury on you. So then I consulted Jibreel and I asked him, so what do you say? So he gestured to me, keep yourself humble. So then I said, I will keep my life humble. And also Jibreel gives you his salam. The salam is coming from Jibreel alayhi salam. The messenger of the salam is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The recipient of that salam is Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha radiallahu anha. Similarly, at the end of the battle of Ahzab, the battle of the trenches, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam arrives home and Jabir alayhi salam informs him that how did you take your armor off while the angels are ready to march against Banu Quraida? So when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam shares it with Aisha radiallahu anha, there again he says to her, and Jibreel gives you his salam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had special love for her, special care for her. In one narration, Sayyida Abida Zahida Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha radiallahu anha said, لَقَدْ أُعْتِيتُ تِسْعًا مَا أُعْتِيَتْهَا إِمْرَأَةٌ بَعْدَ مَرْيَمَ بِنْتِ إِمْرَانِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me nine things that no one has been given after Maryam alayhi salam. And then in another narration, she says openly that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me 10 honors that no one else had. 
لقد نزل جبريل بصورتي في راحته حتى أمر الله أمر رسول الله أن يتزوجني ولقد تزوجني بكرا وما تزوج بكرا غيري ولقد قبض ورأسه في حجري ولقد قبرته في بيته ولقد حفت الملائكة ببيتي وإن كان الوحي لينزل عليه وإنه وإني لمعه في لحافه وإني لابنة خليفته وصديقه ولقد نزل عذري من السماء ولقد خلق خلقت طيبة عند طيب ولقد وعدت مغفرة ورزقا وكريم Ah, and someone has so much meaningful stuff to say and it's actually all very deep She says, my honor I was presented as a wife to Rasulullah by Jibreel My honor, Nabi saw her in a dream and was presented this proposal by Say- Sayyidina Jibreel My honor, the Prophet married me and I was the only one of his wives that was previously unmarried. You speak of my honor, the Prophet passed away while his head was in my lap. I buried him in my home. Very regularly, the angels would surround my house. The malaika would sit around our house waiting to get a glimpse at Rasulullah. Revelation would be revealed while the Prophet of Allah would be lying next to me in my blanket. One time, some of the, a group of the wives, they noticed that there was a trend in Medina Munawwara. And the trend was because the Prophet love for Aisha anha was so bold and so clear, it was natural. He, didn't, he never did zulm on his other wives, but he had an inclination to Aisha anha that was unmatched. And the companions saw this. They were very carefully observant of Rasulullah So in order to make Rasulullah even more happier when they would present their gifts, they would hold their gifts back until it was a day that the Prophet was at Aisha's home. So the other wives caught on. And they said, this needs to be addressed. So they told Um Salama that go and talk to Rasulullah that he should speak to the companions that when they give their gifts, they should be distributed more equally among the other wives as well. Among the wives of Rasulullah there were two groups. There was a group of Hafsa radiallahu anha, Safiya radiallahu anha, Sauda radiallahu anha, and Aisha radiallahu anha. And then there was a second group of Umm Salama radiallahu anha and the others. So they sent Umm Salama radiallahu anha that you're our, that our Isa, our leader here, you go for it. She approaches Rasulullah and says, The Messenger of Allah, the other wives are requesting that when the gifts are distributed, maybe you can address the companions and tell them to not be shy in giving gifts when you are at the other homes as well. The Prophet stayed silent. She repeated. He remained silent. She repeated. He said, Umm Salama, do you know that out of all of my wives, revelation has only come to me while I was lying next to Aisha? No other wife was ever given this honor. 
that Jibreel came to me while I was lying next to her. My honor, I am the daughter of his Khalifa. My honor, I am the daughter of his Siddiq. My honor, I was accused and Allah protected me from above the heavens. You ask my honor, I was created from pure and my father was also pure. And my honor is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised me forgiveness, sustenance, and honor itself. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she learned from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam such knowledge. She learned so much from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the ulama, they say, specifically Imam Az-Zuhri, as narrated by Imam Haytami in his majma'ah. لَوْ جُمِعَ عِلْمُ عَائِشَةَ إِلَىٰ عِلْمِ جَمِيعِ النِّسَاءِ لَكَانَ عِلْمُ عَائِشَةَ أَفْضَلِ Aisha radiallahu anha had such knowledge. She had studied so carefully, so thoroughly from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that if the knowledge of all the women of the time was compared against her knowledge, her knowledge would surpass theirs. Someone asked a question that هَلْ كَانَتْ عَائِشَةُ تُحْسِنُ الْفَرَائِفِ Did Aisha have good knowledge when it came to the matters of inheritance? So Masruq said in return, وَاللَّهِ لَقَدْ رَأَيْتُ أَصْحَابَ مُحَمَّدٍ الْكَبَائِرَ يَسْأَلُونَهَا عَنِ الْفَرَائِ I saw senior companions of Rasulullah asking her on her opinion and what was right and wrong when it came to matters of inheritance. Hisham bin Urwa says that my father said, Urwat ibn Zubair. Urwat ibn Zubair is a fascinating individual. He's a tabi'i. And he is the nephew of Aisha radiallahu anha. Aisha radiallahu anha had no children of her own. That in itself is such a powerful story. That this beautiful, amazing, beloved wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala held back a particular bounty of his from her in this dunya. You can only imagine her du'as throughout her life. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives and he holds back. Wallahu yaqbidu wa yafsut. Yahabu liman yasha'u inatha wa yahabu liman yasha'u dhukura. Aw yuzawwijuhum dhukurana wa inatha. Wa yaj'alu man yasha'u aqeema alimun qadir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gives to who he wills. Aisha radiallahu anha didn't have any children of her own. However, literally all of the Sahaba, the young Sahaba and their children were like her children. They would all come to study from her. And then among all these children, children, there were the likes of Urwat ibn Zubair, who because his mom, Asma radiallahu anha, was sisters with this amazing, knowledgeable giant Aisha radiallahu anha, he had VIP access. So he says, لَقَدْ صَحِبْتُ عَائِشَةً I had a very intimate relationship with Aisha رضي الله عنها فَمَا رَأَيْتُ أَحَدًا قَدْتُ كَانَ أَعْلَمَ بِآيَاتٍ أُنزِلًا I had never found anyone who had more knowledge regarding the revelation of verses وَلَا بِطَرِيضَةٍ 
ولا بسنة ولا بشعر ولا أروى له ولا بيوم من أيام العرب ولا بنسب ولا بكذا وكذا ولا بقضاء ولا بطب منها that you name the subject and no one knew more than her. Name it. You choose the subject. Even when it came to matters of medicine, her knowledge on medicine exceeded everyone that I knew. So then, in one narration, he said to her, Ya Ummata, Mama. He used to call her Mama. Mama. لا أعجب من فقهك أقول زوجة نبي الله. That I'm not so amazed by how deep your knowledge is in matters of fiqh because that's logical. You were the wife of the messenger of Allah. ولا أعجب من علمك بالشعر وأيام الناس أقول ابنة أبي بكر. And I also am not so amazed regarding your your mastery over language because your father was an eloquent man, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu anhu. But someone explained to me, why are you so good at medicine? How did you figure this out? Where did you learn medicine from? So she says that Nabi had invited all of the tribes across Arabia to come and sit with him. So people would come and then when people would fall sick, they would invite doctors or nurses to cure them. And because these people were being cured next to my house, I would listen to what was being prescribed and I had memorized it all. I heard them describing the prescription and sitting there I'd listen and therefore I was able to memorize all of it. Aisha radiallahu anha, the, the, the Sahaba they say, and the Tabi'un they say, that when the senior Sahaba were confused on a matter, they came to Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha radiallahu anha. Aisha radiallahu anha was known for her generosity. One day she describes that a lady came to her house with two daughters. This riwayah is in the Musnad Imam Ahmad. A lady came to her house with two daughters. So Aisha radiallahu anha, gave her a date. She took the date, split it in half, and gave each one half to each of her children. She was so amazed that, man, that lady looked hungry. How did she split her date and give it to her children and endure that starvation? She didn't have any children of her own. And, you know, the truth is that she was a mother of the ummah, but we all know that having a child exposes you to what kind of love you're actually capable of and what kind of sacrifices you even have the ability to make. This was something that she was still trying to understand. And Rasulullah in one narration said to her, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more loving to his servants than a mother is to her child. And in one narration, the Prophet said that whoever has daughters and takes care of them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect them from the fire of hell and bless them with Jannah. Aisha radiallahu anha, she describes the generosity of the Prophet of Allah that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would scold her if there was extra wealth sitting around the house without giving it in charity. She learned the lesson of generosity from Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So now fast forward into her life after the Prophet of Allah passes away. 
She has given 12,000 dirham in one day and her khadima, her servant says, I saw her spend all 12,000 that same day while she was still patching her garment and when it came time for iftar, we had no food to eat. So one of the servants said, our dear mother, you distributed 12,000 dirham, we could have kept five behind and purchased some kebab for dinner. We could have purchased some meat for dinner. So she says to the khadima, don't scold me, it's your fault, you didn't remind me. You should have reminded me, I would have kept money back, you didn't remind me, I kept going. This riwayah, along with some of the other riwayats that I've mentioned, are all found in Imam Dhabi where he talks about the virtue and the sort of status of Aisha in one narration, Urwa says that she gave 70,000 in charity while she was still patching the corner of her garment. It's not that they didn't have wealth. It's that they didn't view themselves as a place where that wealth needed to be spent. The wealth that they had they didn't view themselves as the ones that should be benefiting from that wealth, that this wealth needs to come to me. When they had that wealth, they thought of other people. Aisha radiallahu anha has a very interesting story. Like she, like her father, um, was a firm person. She had very strong resolve. Even at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a group of the Wives of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would champion behind her. Aisha radiallahu anha was someone who was, you know, she, she knew who she was and she was very firm in her position. She had no problem in being confident and bold. If someone said something, she would say that anyone that claims that this happened has accused Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam of something that did not happen because she was his wife. She could make these bold claims. Now there are many instance, incidents from Aisha radiallahu anha's life that are so important to study because they're full of lessons. One of them being one of the great tests of Aisha radiallahu anha's life where she was accused by the hypocrites of engaging in extramarital intimate relationships with another individual, Safwan bin Mu'attal radiallahu anha. They were traveling, the caravan had paused, they took a stop, break somewhere. Um, it was dark. She went to look for something. She had lost something. I'm trying to summarize the narration. By the time she returns, the caravan was gone. They had assumed that she was sitting in the carriage because she was so light in weight. They didn't notice that she wasn't in there. They picked her up and they started walking. They thought she was there. She noticed the caravan was gone and she thought the best thing I can do is wait here. The prophet will come look for me. That's what makes sense. She put her head down and went to sleep. And the next thing she hears is Safwan bin Mu'attal saying, Inna Because he saw her there alone. She said, the only statement I heard from him from that point until we arrived in Medina was Inna She said, I got up, covered my face, and we arrived in Medina Munawwara. Not one word was said. When she arrived in Medina, there is a rumor that spread by the hypocrites that Aisha radiallahu anha engaged in a haram act She had no idea because when she came back from the trip she became sick. She was at home and under bed rest one day when she was going with one of the 
uh, Ummu Mistah, one of the servants of the home and a companion of Rasulullah to relieve herself in the hours of the night, um, Ummu Mistah spilled the beans and said, don't you know what's actually happening? My son Mistah bin Athata is involved with a group of people that have accused you. Accused me of what? And therefore she tells Aisha radiallahu anha everything. Aisha radiallahu anha heads back home and she's so stressed. Now it all starts making sense that over the past few days the Prophet of Allah was distant from me. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was waiting for me to bring this up. She doesn't know what to do. She said, the Messenger of Allah, if I have permission, I'd like to go visit my parents. Prophet says, go. She heads over to Abu Bakr Siddiq and her mother and she says to them, what do I do? And both of them play it neutral. And the fact that they played it neutral made her break out into tears. She said that I spent the night crying. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam began to consult other companions. Some of the companions said, O Messenger of Allah, she has a flawless record. Ali radiallahu anhu said, O Messenger of Allah, like, you can ask the khadim, the servants of the home, what they have to say. Nabi sallallahu asked Barira radiallahu anha, and she said, O Messenger of Allah, she's a young person, so there are some house chores that she falls behind on, but beyond that, as far as her character goes, impeccable. The Prophet ﷺ then approaches Aisha radiallahu anha while she is with Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu and he says, Aisha, what's going on here? If what you have done, if what they are accusing you of is true, then do tawbah to Allah. She starts crying. Ah, oh, how could you even say this? This is a language of love. This is a language of someone that you've spent your life with, someone you've eaten with, someone that you drink with, someone you travel with, someone who you know loves you more than they ever have the words to express. Someone who when your name comes out for the journey with him, he smiles. Someone who bathes with you and sleeps with you and races with you. Someone who is patient when you smash the bowl on the ground when another person sends food on your day. Someone who is there to protect you from your own father. One day, the Prophet of Allah and Aisha radiallahu anha were in conversation and Aisha radiallahu anha raised her voice a little when speaking. Her father, Abu Bakr, was passing by. He overheard it. He came inside and said, lower your voice, young lady. You're talking to the Prophet. And he really leaned in. He was Baba, right? Really leaned into his daughter. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi stepped in and said, Abu Bakr, let it go. And he pulled Aisha aside. Abu Bakr Siddiq left and then the Prophet looked at Aisha and he said, you see how I've protected you from the man? So then she smiled. Abu Bakr Siddiq heard them laughing. He said, O Messenger of Allah, Ashrikani fi silmikuma kama ashraktumani fi harbikuma that include me in your peace just as you had included me in your war. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said, come on. And the three of them sat together, appreciating that moment of happiness and joy. Aisha radiallahu anha knew that the person who said to her that if you did this do tawbah was someone who loved her so much because when the whole world 
looked at her in frustration because her necklace was lost and the caravan couldn't move and there was no longer any time for salah and they didn't all, and, and no one had water for wudu and everyone's staring at her. Then Nabi sallallahu comes to her say with ayat of tayammum that don't worry about missing your salah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed verses of tayammum and for people who live in the desert that had to be the greatest gift and we can now pray without water. And the Sahaba would say that this isn't the first gift of the family of Abu Bakr to us. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says to that Aisha, so if you did this, repent to Allah. Oh, her heart breaks. She knows that he knows him because he said to her, I know when you're happy with me, I know when you're mad at me. When you're happy with me, you take an oath by the Lord of Muhammad and when you're not happy with me, you take an oath by the Lord of Ibrahim. So she says, a messenger of Allah, I promise your name only misses my lips, never my heart. So now that prophet is saying to her, ah, if she did something wrong, do Tawbah. She turns to her mom and dad and says, Ajib anni Rasulullah. Reply on my behalf to the prophet of Allah. Abu Bakr's between a rock and a tough place here. Daughter is daughter, the Prophet is the Prophet of Allah. He loves his daughter, but he can't say anything to the Prophet of Allah. As much as he loves his daughter, his love for the Prophet of Allah in his heart of hearts is greater. And he doesn't want to speak out of line in such a delicate moment. Ya Ummah, Ajubani Rasulullah, you respond on my behalf. Mom was quiet too. Okay, I see what's happening here. So I will turn to Allah. Because if I say that I am right, I am, I am free of this accusation, then you may or may not believe me. And if I say that I am wrong here, and that the accusation is correct, then I am lying. So I will say to you what the father of Yusuf said, فَصَبْرٌ جَمِيلٌ strong. Her position is so powerful that within moments she says that it was a cold day, the Prophet's head went down and sweat began to perspire on his forehead. And everyone in the new, and then when everyone in the room knew that revelation is coming down, in drops silence, you can hear your heart thump. What's next? The father of Aisha, the mother of Aisha are there, and Aisha the Allah with her chest out, she knows what's coming. Yeah. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam opens his eyes, smiles, and his first word is, Abshiri, Abshiri, be happy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has spoken of your purity. And Aisha radiallahu anha says that I knew Allah loved me. And I had a feeling that Allah was going to come to my protection. An accusation against the Prophet of Allah was no accusation against Aisha, it was against the Prophet of Allah. This accusation against Aisha radiallahu anha, the hypocrites, didn't have the guts to speak against the Prophet of Allah, so these cowards hid behind his innocent wife. Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul et al. And she says, I never thought that Allah would reveal verses for me. Oh, we're out of time and I haven't even started yet. Where do I go?
Let me share two qissas with you. Then we'll conclude. One time Aisha radiallahu anha. This episode is incomplete, by the way. I have to say that. This session of ours is 100% incomplete because Ummul Mu'minina Aisha radiallahu anha's story requires so much more. There's so much more to say about her. If we even spend a few moments speaking about her fiqh, your mind will be blown. And not only was she a scholar, but she was a murabbiya. One time a young person came to her and asked her about intimate questions. She shut the person up. I said, who do you think you are, this young kid asking about intimacy? Like, your example is like a small little chicklet that sees a rooster and is trying to copy his voice. Stay in your lane. And then she answers the question. First, she checks them a little bit, right? He asked that the Prophet of Allah do ghusl after intimacy right away, not some young kid asking about intimacy and ghusl. Look at you. Your example is like a small little chicklet who sees a rooster cooing away, so it tries to imitate, and your voice is, ooh, ooh. there's no voice coming out. So first she calls the person out, and then she corrects the Sahabi and, and educates the Sahabi. Murambiya. One time Aisha radiallahu anha, um, her, she had a home. She had a house. And Abdullah bin Zubair, you know how Urwa bin Zubair was one of her nephews? Urwa bin Zubair had an older brother whose name was Abdullah bin Zubair, who was a Sahabi, radiallahu anhu. So, and Aisha tabalagaha, and Abdullah bin Zubair kana fi darin laha ba'atha. So Abdullah bin Aisha radiallahu anha had a home. Abdullah bin Zubair was living in it. She had sold that home. So Abdullah bin Zubair got really upset that how did she sell the home that I was, I was living in? فَتَسَخَّتَ عَبْدُ he said, Aisha, my aunt, needs to stop this transaction immediately, otherwise I won't, help, I won't talk to her. Someone told Aisha radiallahu anha. She said, he said, what? أَوَقَالَ ذَلِكَ قَالُوا قَدْ كَانَ ذَلِكَ I will never talk to him until I die. Yes. You know, like, when you say something and you're like, oh my God. It's their nephew. It got long, and this amazing wife of the Prophet of Allah and her nephew hadn't spoken. Ibn Zubayr went to everyone that thought he believed had any value in the eyes of Aisha radiallahu anha, that please tell her I'm sorry, I was out of my lane. She said, I will talk to you. فَلَمَّا طَالَ ذَلِكَ كَلَّمَ الْمِسْوَرَ بْنَ مَخْمَرَةَ وَعَبْدَ الرَّحْمَانَ بْنَ الْأَسْوَدِ So he went to two people and said to them, You two are dear to her. How about this? Why don't the two of you go to meet her? And when you guys stand, wear one shawl, I will hide behind the two of you. You guys have to sneak me in. أَنْ يَشْمِلَاهُ بِأَرْضِيَتِهِمَا 
So they said, okay, let's give it a try. So they came to Aisha radiallahu anha. They sought permission from her. She said, come on in. Should all of us come in? You know, it's kind of like when someone says like, instead of he, they say they, you're like, why are you saying that? Like it's two people. Why are you saying all of you? Something off here? So she said, Naam, Okay. All of you come in. She didn't realize Abdullah ibn Zubayr entered with them. He jumped out from behind his cloak and he went to his aunt and he hugged her and he cried and said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. When her little Baba came to her, her nephews were like her children. So she embraced him too, and the two of them, they cried. He said, I take an oath by Allah and by our relationship that you can't leave. I love you too much. What will I be without you? So then she was still quiet. So Miswar and Abdurrahman both said, the Prophet of Allah said, it's not permissible to not speak to someone for more than three days. So Aisha radiallahu anha then softened. Kallamatu, she spoke to him. And then she sent money all the way to Yemen for 40 slaves to be set free to make up for the oath that she took. This is Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha radiallahu anha. Her taqwa and... Her consciousness of Allah. I mean, this is a family, and family things happen. You guys understand? Like, you will end up doing things in family that won't happen otherwise. And I don't think these moments show us anything more than how amazing these human beings were, how awesome they were. That they didn't let their ego get in the way from violating Allah and His Rasul because that ego, when they're lowered into the grave, would disappear and they would definitively be asked by Allah why they engaged in the violation they did. There you have to answer. And there's no way around that. My last narration, and with this we'll conclude. Dakwan narrates, who was the gatekeeper, literally the one that stood at the door of Aisha radiallahu anha, that when she was in her maradul wafat, in the final illness of her life, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anha came to visit her. So she said to Abdullah bin Abdurrahman, who was next to her, again, her nephew, that if you'd like, give him permission, let him come in. So when he came, he sat next to Aisha radiallahu anha as she is preparing to depart this world. And Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anha says to her, Abshiri fima baynaki wa bayna antalqa muhammadan. Be happy to know that the only thing that lie now that lies now between you and meeting the Prophet of Allah is for your soul to leave your body. You're right there. Kunti ahabu nisa'i Rasulillahi ila Rasulillah. You were the most beloved of the Prophet's wives to him. I 
I remember the day that we didn't have water for wudu. He says, the Sahaba didn't have water for wudu. You were so special that because of you, the whole ummah was blessed with the gift of tayammum. You were so special that Allah defended you from above the seven heavens. Not only with a dream or a vision, but with verses of the Quran. But there is not a masjid on the face of this earth until the end of times that Allah is remembered in. But those verses regarding you will always be recited. When Aisha radiallahu anha was approaching her death, she said to the Khadim that after I pass away, don't bury me next to Rasulullah. After he passed away, after he left this world, I did something very bad. I went to war with Ali radiallahu anhu, the battle of Jamal, something she regretted for the rest of her life. I shouldn't have done that. I don't deserve to be buried next to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So, Aisha radiallahu anha thereafter was buried in Baqiyah. Inni ahdathu ba'da rasulillahi hadathan udfinuni ma'a azwajihi fadufinat bil Baqiyah. Qultu ta'ani bil hadathi masiraha yawm al-jamal fa'innaha nadimat nadamatan kulliyatan wa tabat min thalika. على أنها ما فعلت ذلك إلا متأولة قاصدة للخير. Her intention of marching against Ali radiallahu anhu in the battle of Jamal was not evil. It was not corrupt, but she regretted. It was something that was heavy on her. So her janaza salah was led by Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, sahib Rasulullah, muhadith al-ummah. She was buried in the night hours. In the graveyard of Baqiyah, Dufinat Aisha to Laylan, Qala Arwat ibn Zubayr. She passed away in the year 58 Hijri. She was, there's a difference of opinion regarding her age, but many scholars say that at that point she was somewhere in her mid 60s. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha's life was so pure and so special. Her life was a unique insight into the life of Rasulullah one of how the Prophet was inside the house. Her life was one where she learned the lesson of generosity and knowledge from the Prophet of Allah. Her life was that she became the murabbiya for the ummah as she had learned tarbiyah from the Prophet directly. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevate her maqam and bless us with the ability to live and walk the footsteps of this great giant, our dear beloved mother, a legend for the future to always remember, Umm al-Mu'minin Aisha binti Abi Bakr al-Siddiq radiyallahu anhuma wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.